today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Command Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. It's good to be back in studio. Adam Minahan here with David Niles. We got Juan back on the buttons. Juan took a vacation for a little bit. Uh, we allowed him to have a vacation. We did not pay him overtime or anything like that, but we did allow him to take a little bit of a, a vacation. But it's great to have Juan back. His vacation days are done for the year, though. Yes. Now, mine are not. No, you're about to go on your but, month hiatus. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, Juan, it's great to have you back, bud. Uh, we we missed you. It was it, It's good to have you don't back. Don't do it again. Please don't do it again. Yeah, please. I'll try. The, we also uh, have Micah Eby in uh, yes. the peanut gallery over here. Uh, one of our Totus Tuus, uh, what would you call the Totus Tuus worker? Like, Warrior, Totus Tuus Warrior. I like Warrior. Let's just stick with Warrior. Yeah, he's running the Totus Tuus at our local parish, St. Benedict. Mm -hmm. And we have Mike Hernan Woo! here on camera. It's great yes. to be with you guys. Yeah, first time to be here in in the studio. We call it a studio because it's oh. a studio. It's, where we, it's a study. We have books here. It's where the studs hang out. So we just kind of just go all in on the stud thing. Yeah. yeah. You guys definitely are Catholic studs. Well, Self according to uh, yeah. your family, at least according to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm definitely a stud. <laughs> I looked it up before I got here, and you guys are in the dictionary. Right, under perfect. Catholic studs. Yeah, it's good that that our Patreon money is really coming in handy. Yeah. There. Google search masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> really dominating Wikipedia these days. Yeah, feel free to Photoshop yourself on that image of me. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, is this your first time in, in Tulsa? It is. First time in Oklahoma and Tulsa. Awesome, so right it on. has been great. I mean, it's been overwhelming just being here. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love it. Right? Well, well, Juan did pick you up from the airport. It was, I, so I don't want to go, I don't want to brag too much and make him blush, but he was amazing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how he did it, but. He had a sign for me too, for my name and every. I mean, it was. Did he really? It was beautiful. That well, would be this morning bad. after I already knew who he was, he had a little sign. <laughs> oh, I was going to say yeah. because I can't tell if you're being sarcastic right now, not because <laughs> you never that's know exactly something that he would what do. He would do. Yeah. Yes. 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 He like, is awesome. I would never blush. I'm too tanned for blushing. <laughs> so, I was also thinking that, like, well, he's brown, so you can't even tell when he blushes. <laughs> I I could see that one had something deep inside him. 
about yeah. just making people feel so welcome mm-hmm. and and also uncomfortable at the same time. Right. Yeah, it's really beautiful. He really that thrives way. in that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's really great. Yeah, that really, is his is. home. It's, that it's, is where he lives. This is love language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Lovingly uh, embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You know, it's what every good guy needs. A little razzing, a little start off the day, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, are, are you really going to eat that? Especially with total strangers, yes. you yes. know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, you have a podcast with your wife. Yes. Fa- uh, messy Family Podcast, yes. our project. Yep. Messy Family it is Project. Both. Everything you want. There we go. Formerly known as Messy Parenting. Correct. Correct. We changed the name to Protect the Innocent. Uh, so, there, we gotcha. started off Messy Parenting. And we realized it wasn't, uh, we wanted to have it bigger. It's all about the family, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, But life is a project. And uh, so we launched uh, as a podcast in, in 15, 2015, but then as a ministry for the last three years, we've really been doing this uh, full-time, both awesome. in our, our podcast, and then we have lots of resources on our site. And in COVID, we started doing some uh, courses as well. So mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that we're trying to do to help support uh, moms and dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into some of those I courses I was talking later. to Lady Pamela, my wife, about this yesterday just asking her, wouldn't that be crazy if this is what we did for a living? You and I just had a podcast, you know, and like worked together on it. Like, that would just be so awesome. It is. It is. Well, and it's one of those things that I think when we were um, young and married, uh, we were thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a business together? You know, mm-hmm. just run a project, you know, like, hey, we're pretty good at these kid things. Let's try a right. business, right? <laughs> and, um, but it has been uh, more challenging than I would have appreciated. You know, I would go to work, and, uh, you know, normal job, and I'd come home, and, you know, I might be complaining about work or people I work with, and now what do I do when I want to complain about somebody that I'm working yeah. with? Ooh, yeah, duh. yeah. And, and then also, too, the conversation... the kids aside, like, I'll tell you what, your mom. Yeah. <laughs> I know, she's really I know. driving me crazy. And, and in the beginning, that was good, but then I realized <laughs> that was going to a dark <laughs> oh, place. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, but it is great. It is wonderful. Go talk it. to the chickens. <laughs> that's right. Well, what... that's where I'm finding a lot of friendship there. <laughs> There's a lot of bonding. <laughs> I feel like when they look at me, they get me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just just and, and they, they they try to speak to you. They're communicating, you know, right. flapping their feathers, pecking the ground. They're like, this yeah. is what life is about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just feel like you're henpecked, but you know mm-hmm. that it's okay because you can still be the rooster in your own mind. They're saying, Mike, you just need to slow down and eat a grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, That's beautiful. delicious. I love it. So you have 10 kids? We have 10 kids and uh, three grandchildren. Awesome. Uh, so our two oldest are married. Uh, our kids are from ages 8 to 25. And so we've got about uh, five still in the home, the bottom five and the mm-hmm. top five. Now, as long as our older kids aren't listening, the bottom five are the best. I mean, they're right. just awesome. Yeah. But, you know, don't don't tell the others. But I did, because we have 10 kids, you know, we, we did have some test kids there. You know, kids that we're just practicing oh. on. And oh, sure. now we actually know what we're doing. So right. it's it's great. Yeah, like probably three and four. Yeah, the, the, we do have a counseling fund, so it's okay. <laughs> right. uh, so we're thinking they'll work through stuff later. Because, you know, like your first two, it's like, well, you know, you're like really attached to them because, right. you know, they came along. But then like three and four, you realize like, yeah. oh, okay. And then try to do some experiments right. with three when, and four. When the next ones come along. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly When the next ones come along, you realize, oh, yeah, three and four here, like. We can really, let's try some stuff out. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Well, and it's also, too, you get to a place where after going from three kids, right? So that was the, the moving from man to man to zone defense. You get, you mm-hmm. get, oh, I felt we got overwhelmed when we had baby number three, just mm-hmm. maybe where we're at in our lives. But after four, they, they say you lose about 25% of your brain capacity with each child. Yeah. I don't know what happens at 10 exactly, but uh, the math, you could, did you work that math out for me? Yeah, I mean, I think that works. Okay, I think that's, that's good. Yeah, Solid. I, yeah, I, I do numbers, so okay. I think it's fine. 
Good, good. Anyway, but it, 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 it's less of a stress after you have a couple kids because mm-hmm. it just makes, you know, the economies of scale, things are working, there's a groove. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been the greatest joy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the principle of diminishing returns definitely applies, I think. The biggest change is obviously going from zero children to one child. That's right. I mean, but every, it's such a joy. You, people don't ever talk about how hard that change is. I mean, they do sometimes, you yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, then going to two to three, everybody freaks out about that because, oh, three kids. Oh, you're done, right? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you have four and it's like, oh, that... Was, was that a, you know, people ask you, is that an accident? Like, yes. Why don't you're, you're, shut you're, up? You're, you're, you're <laughs> t- Come over here. If, right. if you're, if you think, some people would say, oh, don't you have a TV? And I'm like, hey, if you think making love to your wife right. and watching TV is the same thing. You're doing it, it wrong. Yeah, you're yeah. doing one of those things wrong, okay? <laughs> yeah, if you ever ask that question to me again, I will slap you in the face. That's and right. then you can ask me if that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because after four, the people are like, you're teetering on the craziness le- level. Like, they're right. not sure, like, what's going on? Why are you doing this? Like, and then... I we found that four, we have four kids, but the fourth one was was difficult. Okay. That's what we yeah. found too. Like the third wasn't everyone wasn't said too bad. Oh, three. Yeah, for us, for it, us was. it just four was where it really kicked in. Four was joy for us, and, and it's funny because I was in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and 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 that was in a an environment where they were looking at me funny when I had three kids. Then yeah, we had right. four and five while I was there, and I was like. They're like, I just, I just said, you know, don't, don't worry about it. I'm the Catholic guy. And that's it. Right. And it just kind of put me in a little box. They thought yeah. they understood everything about yep. me. I'm the weird Catholic. Don't worry about it. Well, I'm okay with that. I own that identity. You know, I, I, I tell that. people like, look, when you're someone like me, <laughs> you have res- just really so much better than everybody else. I feel like I owe it to you the do. rest you of you. You have a responsibility. People. It's my gift to the rest of you. And I was in <laughs> politics and I'd say, well, who's going to pay for your social security if not for my kids? Right. So. That's right. Uh, one time at the office, someone said, so are you done? And I looked at them and said, Done with what? <laughs> and it's like yeah. I want I wanted to like be very like bring it out to this person yeah. because they didn't realize what they're asking me. Like, are you asking me if I'm gonna continue to like be married to my wife if you know what I'm saying? Like because yes, I do intend <laughs> <laughs> that is part of the plan. Continue to be married to her. Yeah. So is that your question? I just want to make sure I'm answering the right question here. <laughs> Oh man! So okay, so uh, messy family project. Yes, you started in 2015. You've taken it full time for three years. Yeah. Uh, what What's like the the big jump? Like, what was the thing that you did not realize was going to be the tough part? Well, it, to be honest, it, it, it has been a uh, a joy in so many ways. But um, you know, the the, uh, the old uh, I think it's Chesterton, right? It says if there's something worth doing, it's worth doing mm-hmm. poorly, right? Is that I don't think we would have started this if we actually thought people were going to be listening uh, that much, right? You know, like hey, my my brother, my sister, you know, my sister in law, whatever. But then as it's grown and we, we're getting this reaction, uh, we've kind of been humbled by the little things that that seem insignificant. And I know this probably happens to you guys, things that you say that have such a profound impact, you know, it's, it's not getting caught up in, in believing that it's us, uh, that it's something that we're doing. It's, it's obviously God's work. Um, but really the, the challenge is going from, okay, this is what God has called us to. And we got to keep, keep our eyes focused on that and making ourselves available. So like going full time, that was a big transition. That was a major transition saying, I give everything up, and I'm going to just do as God had uh, us us call for. That is a beautiful step in faith. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Very scary. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, when we get back, we're going to dive into more of the topic here. I want to ask about the books. Reason for being together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. 
This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by The Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home, altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of The Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for The Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Mike Hernan. Messy family project. Go subscribe to their podcast. If you like families, if you like being in a family, if you like raising families, <laughs> if you like to look at other families. Be, I know you like to party. Be very helpful. Oh, yeah, I like to. I definitely like Because everybody who has a family has a party basically all the time. Dave, That's you right. definitely don't like to party. <laughs> You're not nice. the party guy. I, Dave, we, you are not. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave, and I like to party. <laughs> Guys, I'm the party guy. <laughs> whiskey, whiskey. Dave, Dave is definitely not the party guy. <laughs> I know for a fact you do not party. <laughs> hey, everybody. Got some awesome news. We have a new crew member today, Denise. Hi, everyone. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to party. All right, Dave, you're up. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave, and uh, I like to party. Uh, no, Dave, I just said that I party, so maybe do something different for me. My name is Dave, and I am the stunt man. You know what, let's move on. Rico, you're up. Uh, hello. I'm Rico, and I like to party. Yeah, uh, Rico, what did I just say to Dave? Who? Dave. I like to party. I'm Rod. No, you're Kevin. Right, Kevin. I party. No, no, you don't. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yes, and we party. No. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. No, I'm the only one who parties. I'm pretty sure I've partied before. No, Kevin, I know for a fact you don't party, okay? You do not party. You're right. Dave's the party guy. <laughs> Sweet. Oh my God, shut up, okay? I'm just gonna do it for you. Denise, this is the crew. Dave's the mechanic, Rico makes the ramps, and Kevin is team manager slash videographer. None of them party, right? Got it? Okay. Let's party. So my kids, movie. my kids introduced that to us. My that older kids, so I love it, love it. <laughs> so it was actually, you know, it was something that we actually had to wait for a little bit to get our our older boys, our teenage, you know, thirteen, fifteen year old. We watch it with them, and they love it. They love it, and they were like, "This is what we've been waiting for." All <laughs> <laughs> May the ancestors protect you. <laughs> like that is just everything. I just think that's a funny movie. Way I underrated. Agree. I agree. Hot Rod is I the movie. of it's you worth it. It's worth it. Right. Every every so, minute. And it's, like it's so quotable. He's got or his stepfather the whole time. And, <laughs> <laughs> the, and the 80s and the 80s dance mix like in the woods. I mean, come on. It's just right. good stuff. It is. But, you know, I, I did want to say that your uh, your music just makes me want to jam. You guys are. You. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, it feels first. It felt like a little metal uh, in the beginning, you know, you but then it got a little bluesy, a little country feel. It's just, right. it's got some funk. Thank you. I like Thank it. You. Yeah. So when we first started the the podcast, we had no idea what we were doing. And, uh, and we, we decided, yes, we're going to do we're going to do a radio show. And then I thought, oh, that means we need to have music. Yes. And so I went on. I had had a guy make that for us. And I didn't tell Dave about it. He walked into the, my living room one day. I was like, Dave, just hang in there with me. Let me, just, just, just hear me out. 
and I hit play, started, and I go, and welcome to the Catholic Man Show. And, and I was like waiting to see like what his reaction was going to be because yes. it's not a typical intro outro sound. Uh, and he's like, I dig it. Let's let's move forward. Beautiful. So, yeah, I love uh, it. You guys are good. So uh, summer is here. Kids are coming back into the to the home if they're not you know if they're not homeschooled. Uh, one of the things that Bishop Condorla did, uh, the bishop here in the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma, he just posted this on Friday, asking or promoting reading for children. And said, nice. And he said, like, hey, here's a couple books that I recommend for for your children. What are some of the books that you recommend for your children? Oh, that's beautiful. And he mm-hmm. even said something like, you know, TV seems to uh, break down the imagination while reading lifts up the imagination, fires yeah. it up. And so he's promoting, you know, getting your kids to read. Um what are some of the books that you recommend? Well, you know, probably the classics, right? Started with Narnia. Like I that think that one is that he, the, that's when he, he promoted. And and uh, it was great because um, Juan was was uh, I was doing that with his kids. He was saying in the cars we were driving um, Narnia again because it, it's just one of those things. It's great to rotate through. And I find I just love it. You know, mm-hmm. as as a, as a dad, I love reading it to our kids. I think it's important that that men are reading to their sons. You know, mm-hmm. or their, their all their kids. Uh, but it's about capturing their imagination. You know, your your bishop said that it's just we've got to create a different view of what it means to be a Christian, to be a, a, a man, to be a, 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 a child of God. And those stories have such great uh, uh, you know, insight into what it means to be a man. Another one is the Wingfeather series. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Andrew Ooh, Peterson. I don't know. Um, and uh, he's, a, he's a, um, I think he's Orthodox Christian, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's similar, similar uh, idea, kind of fantasy world. But mm-hmm. these are these kids who don't know who they are, uh, and they're coming to understand their identity. But it also kind of shows how evil uh, corrupts and, and changes you, but how there is redemption and transformation even through that. Uh, it's a beautiful story, and it's 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 got a lot a lot more humor for uh, like preteen, uh, early teen kids. Love it. Um, and then you know, there's a lot of you guys had mentioned on another show the uh, dangerous book for boys. Mm-hmm. Big fan of mm-hmm. that book. Uh, I've had it for. Um, all our, our three sons so far, uh, and the fourth one is just beginning on that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a ton of other stuff, but I, I actually, I'm not opposed to movies. Like, I, I think there's some great uh, great movies out there, and mm-hmm. just to be, uh, you know, age-appropriate, right, where it works, um, but but just the, you know, the, the gladiator, the, you know, again, thinking of men, right? You know? Right. But but uh, but then going back to some of the old TV series, we're talking about Little House on the Prairie. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some quality stuff that we need to, uh, you know, not just fall into what Disney is offering us today, you because know? right it's, it's, it's just junk, and it's mm-hmm. not good for their imagination, right. it's not good for their soul. It's all propaganda these days, it is. too. It is. It's They're, just ridiculous. Why can't you just tell a good story? Yes. yes. You know, like, why do you have to, why, why are you it. doing this? You know, yeah. like, are you trying to make money? Like, yeah. isn't that what you want for these movies? Like, yeah. I'm not going to go see them now, because you're like, why don't you just make a good movie instead? Yep. Whatever. Whatever. We don't have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, I also like movies, you know? Yeah. Be intentional. If you're going to watch a movie, like watch a movie. Yes. Don't yes. just have a movie on. I, I have a, I have a list of movies that we have gone through because during COVID uh, and everyone's locked down and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be more thoughtful about the movies that we're watching. You know, some of the old movies, the, the Scarlet and the Black. You know, yeah. there's this you're familiar with that. I just watched that not too long ago. It's great. It or, incredible. Or, and then. Although what a manly priest it was, and it's like you know we need to see these examples of of priests, but just of of men who are willing to sacrifice, who are using their skill to go out and save other people's lives, uh-huh. you know. Uh, but anyway, there's a ton more that we just kind of work through during COVID, and then we just had conversations about them. Didn't make it a big lecture, but I'm like, hey, you just got something great—a book or a movie, a short story. 
and let's let's talk about this. What does this say about what it means to be human? What does this say about virtue? What does it say about the fight of good and evil? Mm-hmm. What does this mean about and for our lives? So it's it's great conversations. Yeah. You know, even cartoons, I was thinking about this. Mm. Cartoons today, they're terrible. Tough for Phineas and Ferb. I don't know that one. Oh, sorry. It's like all the cartoons these days is like, oh, conflict resolution and yeah. let's teach kids. It's like, I don't know. Like that's, I th- in the old days, you know, you had Acme, you had good yes. and evil. Yes. It was very clear. The kids knew this side is good. That side is bad. You know, that's like right. that's what kids, at a, you know, really, that's what they need to know that yeah. there is a good side and a bad side. And we yeah. like the good side. That's right. You know, they don't need all of these complex you know nuances well because kids are black and white right there's there's this book i remember reading many years ago called the landscape with dragons and uh and it talked about that that kids imaginations particularly early is that o'brien uh yes i charlie o'brien michael o'brien michael o'brien i think it's uh, yeah i think if i remember correctly but it's the whole idea that you can't make something that's evil into something that's kind of good right you know because for young kids particularly you need to be able to have black and white that's how they are formed that's how they're shaped now as you get into teenage years they're there are some nuances and sure. kind of things that we we need to go to, but our kids, little kids, they mm-hmm. need to see good and evil and understand that there is there's something worth fighting for. There's something that is that is clear and, and unmistakable. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who said this, but it was like you don't have to tell children that there's magic in the world or that there are dragons in the world. They know that there are ma- that there's magic in dragons. What they need to know is that the dragons should be slain. That's right. That's exactly right. Somebody is that said Chesterton? I, 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 I know thinking, I was just saying I was leaning towards Chesterton yeah. on it, but it sounds I don't, uh, I don't know who said it. But, but it's not me. But it's not you. Yeah. But my Oh, go ahead. Go good. ahead. No, I, I was thinking like I agree. I think you have to be intentional with screen time uh, if yeah. you go into with your with your children. I liked the idea of as a kid growing up Saturday morning Saturday morning cartoons. That's right. Yes. Now that doesn't happen anymore, right? No. You, you, we don't even We're have streaming. cable right. or anything. Yeah. yeah. So, but if you're going to do it, like it's, I think you have, you need to be intentional about it and and set boundaries, set time limits, and then let them have it and l- l- let's have fun and, and make it a family thing. But then let's let's move on. That's right. That's right. And it always should be in the bound. I mean, again. Every family's got to make their own decisions yeah. on where that boundary is, mm-hmm. but but knowing that there are other priorities, like particularly as we talk about coming into summer now, it's like okay, you know what, your kids a book project, like having some goals, like we we just talked about it in our family, like just having even some prizes, if you will, like just to mm-hmm. motivate the kids to say mm-hmm. this is worth it. This is you know you can't be on the computer, you can't play video games until you've actually done this much reading. You know, so creating an environment where this is the priority, and your kids will adapt to the environment you create. They will rise to the occasion. And that's what we want. And, and I think summertime is a great time to be bored, you know, to mm. let your kids be bored so they go out and figure something out. Yeah. Otherwise, they're always depending on you, you know? So anyway, that's, that's a... So what are some of the projects mm, that's you a have good, going That's on? a good point. I like, I, I like that concept. Yeah. What do you? What are some that you have going on uh, with the so ministry? I can steal it, so I can oh, steal for, it from for, you with the kids. Yeah, so I can right. steal it from you and then claim it. It's it, like my brilliance of, of yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have I don't have anything great going on right now. Um, so we, what we have we got a, I'm putting up a basketball hoop, right? So I have my sons doing it, but we had to figure it out because we had to cut out and break create a backing to it and stuff like that. Uh Um, But we also are doing a ton of yard work. So I have um, my teenage sons teaching them how to use the chainsaw. Like, so going out and taking down trees. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. it's really, really fun. And then um, uh, we uh, uh, completely redid our backyard and built this, 
Because yeah, you, like you have a few acres, right? We, yeah, a little over three acres. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice. But we're in, in town in Steubenville, so it's still mm-hmm. we're still in town, but it's it's kind of tucked away and it's it's we love it. And it's just building out that a dream land. within a dream. It is. But you know, I think there's something actually powerful about the land. You, you talked about chickens, you know, you got your backyard with your smoker. It's like there's something very, very important about the land and the stuff that we have. We are stuff of the earth, you know, mm-hmm. and that we we came from dirt and, and right, mm-hmm. uh, but that there's something awesome about you know, claiming our place. You know, it's like the old uh, uh, Israelites. This is the land set aside for them, and I think we need to teach our kids that yeah. getting work in the soil. Well, you know, we were from the earth, from the dirt, for the dirt. Yeah, you go. Like uh, uh, the word Adam yeah. and dirt. Yeah, uh, they're the same. Like the same root word. It's like. Uh, Adama or something yeah, yeah. is earth, dirt in Well, I think you can, you can like, you know, uh, look at look at the idea of like, oh, I'd love to have 10 acres. I'd love to have, because I would, I'd love to have 10 or 20 acres and let my boys go out there and work on it. And, you know, you have, and you kind of fantasize about this and you put it up in a pedestal, but like, kind of like what you were saying, you have to just utilize what you got That's in right. your backyard. So, I mean, my backyard's small, yeah. but we have a a uh, garden we have you know, garden beds i have a smoker you know and we just try to utilize what you have yes, yes. um to to cultivate the uh, you know, what the ground that you you have to work with yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's great for the kids i mean just to have that experience and the, just the nature and the life that you're breathing forth mm-hmm. stewardship man stewardship right. that's something i tried to do this year is just be more connected to the land i have you know i don't like what? Okay, well, I could get more land, but I'm not even, you know, I could have I'm not a, utilizing I, what I got right I now. I could put That's another right. raised garden bed in my backyard without losing hardly any space, you know. Right. So. That's powerful. That's what I did. Awesome. So when we get back, we're, let's talk about raising boys. Excellent. All right. One Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Sitting here with Mike Hernan from the Messy Family Project. Go check them out. Their, their podcast, the Neighborhood, the Messy Family Neighborhood. That's right. What's your website? MessyFamilyProject.org. Keep it simple, man. Dot org. Yes. We are all about simple. I mean, Catholic Man Show. Would you look at Very that? simple. All there. Very simple. Straightforward. We're yeah. All about that. Look at our, our logo. Like three things mm-hmm. circling each other you know it's it's it's, it's trinitarian. simple trinitarian you got it yeah little it almost got a, a mm-hmm. celtic knot feel to it trinitarian mm-hmm. totally but it's like father mother child it's but there's a dynamism we're moving you know this is what it's about family life yeah for sure okay dig so let's it. talk let, dig it. let's jump into it so i think raising raising boys is a tough is tough sledding these days yeah um understanding what boyhood is understanding what manhood is is very important in this whole aspect and, and being able to relay that to your sons um i think that that, that that's re- one of the reasons why we have uh guys who are 24 25 26 years old with no full-time job or, or not even looking for a job that's right um, because they've never been hit to the point of like saying like you are now a man and you have responsibilities right. and uh, you were called to greatness, and let's let's move forward. Exactly. Uh, and so that's a big issue that we have. Yeah, nobody's told them like what you're doing is not acceptable. That's right. Well, they've never been challenged or given right. the opportunity to go there, right? Yeah. And and they've been coddled and told 
I mean, because you look at education, you look at culture that really uh, tries to demean or diminish or water down what masculinity truly is. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not talking just just machismo. We're talking about true, genuine. You know, you guys know this: the real, authentic masculinity. Yeah. And uh, and so, from a very early age, the society has been telling our boys: be safe. Don't do something that's going to be dangerous, right? And, and, and control your emotions, and don't play with uh, guns. Don't 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 make your grilled cheese sandwich into a gun. That's we're gonna we're gonna right. kick you, we're yeah. gonna expel you from school if yeah. you do that. Even as a young kid, you know, third grade or fourth grade, yes. whatever it was, you know. And, and and this leaves an impression upon boys, and this that that those boys never grow up, and they their bodies might, but they're still wearing feety pajamas when they're in their twenties. No disrespect if either of you are wearing them, right? I don't. I, I, don't. Do. I do not. Okay. But uh, nope, not now. I feel not like now. I feel like on Christmas morning, if you have like a onesie, that's okay. Okay, you that's know, right. Like that's legit. Break out the onesie. Yes, especially if you're in unison with other people. Sure. But if you're the only one and it's a dinner party, may not be so cool. Yeah, gotcha. just saying. Just a tip. Pro, pro tip. Yeah. Pro tip. Right there. <laughs> but uh, but no. But I, I do think raising boys today is more challenging. I, I think when we get to heaven. Uh, not just for about boys, but but just in general, people are like, "Wow, you guys survived the internet and this and this. You had a whole industry." Now there are, are generations that went by before us that had persecution and death. So eh, the, the church, the church right. has been through a lot, right? Yeah, yeah we, we've seen a lot and we've been through it all, and we survived on the other side. But that's the, raising boys today. Mm-hmm. It, it, we have such a monumental task before us. But really, I think everything in the world hinges upon men being men, dads stepping up mm-hmm. and stepping into a place, even if they're not necessarily fully formed themselves. Because mm-hmm. there, there's a lot about masculinity that isn't passed on to all of us. Right. Uh, they're, and they're, if you wait to be perfect, you're never going to start. That's right. That's exactly it. But you got to get in there and you right. got to get your hands messy uh, mm-hmm. in, in this mix with your sons. Yeah. And I mean, part of being a father, you know, you, you protect, you provide and you establish. And I think the establishing part is where we where we drop the ball. I mean, every every yeah. man can say I can protect my family, uh, even conceptually, like that's right, you know, or and provide for for your family. You can conceptually even even if it's not something that you're doing outwardly. But the establishing part is the one that's a little bit more abstract, a little bit harder to pragmatically apply to your day to day life. Yeah, yeah, protecting, providing, you know, like what that is. Yep. And then, like establishing is something that also is just countercultural because because yeah. now you are disciplining. Discipline is now part of it. That's right. Um, so, w- as you have raised sons, yeah. what was what was the establishing part uh, like in your house? Well, so uh, if I could, I'm just going to jump back. Just the, the first thought. Yeah, sorry. As, as it, no, 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 no. Just just thinking about the um, the reality for me. You know, mm-hmm. I I I grew up in a. Um, uh, a divorced family. So my dad was an alcoholic, is a recovering alcoholic. My parents got divorced when I was an early teen. And there was a hole, there was an emptiness mm-hmm. uh, in me that I didn't get from my own dad because uh, he wasn't there, uh, both first emotionally and, then, and secondly, just physically not present. Sure. Um, and But I, I needed, I longed for that. And it was in that moment where I found Christ. That was in that moment as a, a, mm. as a teenager, I was looking for that, but I was just a, a uh, I was a wounded half half of a man, right? You know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until later that I actually had men who came into my life that I didn't plan, who fathered me, you yeah. know, and God sent me people to help me become who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, but at the end of the day, you know, kind of just starting with the idea that that none of us are perfect and that it's it's okay and we're going to make mistakes, but it's part of the journey. And it is actually by being a dad that I felt healed um, as a son. 
and mm. became more deeply aware of God the Father. I, I, I have this moment where, um, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm deviating a little bit, but how to, having our, our, our firstborn child, right, and, and sitting there um, looking and saying, I, I love you more than I could ever imagine. I, I look at this child and say, you do absolutely nothing for me. You know, you, 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 when I, we feed you, we clothe you. And as a return, you, you spit up on us, you, you fill right. up your diaper, you wake us up in the middle of the night. But I have this love that I don't understand. And I'm just like overwhelmed with how much I loved uh, our, our child. And then I hear God the Father say, and now you have a glimpse of how much I love you. Right. And yeah. I start weeping, you know, and it's just yeah. like, but, but that's what happens when we father, when we step out, even if we're not up to the task. Um, there was this dad uh, in town that I was talking to, and I'm like, hey, look, you're coming into these great years of um, uh, raising your son. He's got a, a 12 turning 13-year-old son. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And I talked about all these different things that you do to initiate and pass on to your son. And his shoulders slumped, and he just kind of like looked at me, and he was kind of mad, you know? And, and, he, and he had this, this notion of, dude, I, I am so overwhelmed already, and now you just laid this whole burden on right. me? And he's like, he looked and said, I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I have what it takes to raise a son. And I put my arm on him, and I was like, I'm sorry, you don't have what it takes. God does. Uh-huh. And it's by, by, by yeah. you being at that place where you could admit that, uh, that, that God can work through you. But anyway, but the, there, there is this moment in raising a son, and I, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm doing this, this program now, and I look back, it was when my, um, uh, my oldest son, who's now 25, 24, um, that he, uh, he was about nine years old, and nine, 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 10 years old, and just started being more intentional, realizing that as a dad, um, we're always needed. But there's this golden time between like kind of 9, 10 to about 13 years old before they kind of come of age, if you will, that you pour in, uh, that, that they need you now more than ever. And, uh, and that's the moments where you create adventure for the boy. That's when you establish a new relationship with your son hmm. uh, through physical activity, through doing stuff. You know, when we were, when we were young dads, um, I bet we, we threw our kids in the air. I bet your wives did not do that. You know, there, there, there's a, a tackle, right? right. Doesn't d- have the shoulder muscles. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more than just that. But, <laughs> um, but, but there, there's something physical about men in general, yeah. and that's how we teach, too. Too many times we jump to, okay, we're going to have this lecture. Mm-hmm. No, it's about physically learning. It's mm-hmm. about physical um, activity with our sons and, and investing those times. It's kind of like this golden years of really preparing our son for adolescence. So anyway, I, I, I could keep going, but I mean, it's yeah, just this, this no. beautiful time where you want to, you know, uh, capture, that's why those books are so important. You create an imagination uh, for your boys about what it means to go out to a battle, to have adventure. Your kids need to kind of drink deeply of that. And I know you guys mm-hmm. talk about that a lot uh, here on the show. Yeah. So I think one of the things you kind of, you mentioned, which you are, I think this is a problem you're seeking to solve, is that as uh, American society we we have no rites of passage. That's right. Anymore. That's right. Um, and Adam and I have talked about this before. We've kind of talked about it, like mentioned it on the show, but yeah. um, it's not something that I know what to do. I don't know how to yeah. solve it. So I'm, you are putting together a program. Yes. About rites of passage. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So there, there's there's two parts. One, um, 
there is the we have a course called Dads versus Wild, and it's okay. it's a it's a five week course that we're doing for dads, uh, particularly as they prepare for the teen years. So, dads between the ages of with sons between the ages of like nine and thirteen, give or take. Okay, um, it goes. It's about preparation because the the rites of passage really they have to come with maturity. Like you can't give uh, your son meat until he's ready for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's like in that early years where you're doing a lot of preparation. Um, and so you're, you're, you're building a platform in those golden years between you and the dad. But ultimately, when you get to rites of passage, which I, we have constituted as when they're kind of like going into high school, like that, that 13-year-old age, and then as they're kind of getting on from high school, heading off to college, because there's some transition moments, and then really ultimately at their wedding, right? So th- those are kind of three uh, pivotal moments for, for uh, boys. And I have found that it has to be men. It's not just the dad anymore. So when you get to rites of passage, there are moments where the dad is preparing your son Mm -hmm. and building it up, but then you need a company of men. You need some friends like the two of you uh, working together with your sons uh, to really create a path. And so we have uh, devised, and we've been doing this now, I think we've had maybe... I don't know, eight or nine guys that we've, young men, my either my sons or uh, nephews that we've brought through this. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a whole brotherhood mm-hmm. and it's it's spending time. So we, we create a weekend um, uh, event where they're put through some trials, some challenges, some opportunities. They learn from men in a way they've never before. We, we teach them how to shoot. We teach them how to um, you know do land navigation, some very manly things, but we also teach them this is what prayer looks like. This is how to have a conversation with a man. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's the beginning, not an end. It's, it starts them on a path, particularly as they go into high school, to be ready, ready for the peer pressure, the challenges, the changes. It's like, okay, we need to recognize you're now on a journey. And that journey, we, as your larger company of men, are both watching you and here for you. It's I powerful. Dig it. I yeah. dig it. And I think if you're not, if you're a guy who is doesn't have a brotherhood but yearns to have authentic friendship, you need to be praying about it. Right. Ask God to put men in your life that you can build this brotherhood around. Yeah, because He wants it for you too. I mean, we're made for community. Right. Amen. Amen. And I think that's why it's it's beautiful to start young, meaning like a nine, ten year old. Start looking now for other men that can go alongside you. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show, a show full of mucho. Muy mucho. Muy mucho. Grande mucho. I basically speak Spanish, as you guys are aware. Many people know. Basically, being a 
operative, very keyword. <laughs> uh, so rites of passage. Um, Adam and I were just talking about rites of passage. Um, and one thing that I was thinking about recently is that we, we were talking about this on Friday, uh, just a couple of, well, yesterday, yesterday morning. Today is Saturday. Correct. Uh, this is Saturday. Uh, anyway, about a rite, a rite of passage, it needs to be uh, grounded in reality, mm. not a, not simply ceremonial. Yes. Like there needs to be, after a rite of passage, a real difference. You know, if like you do this with your kid and it's like something you do that's ceremonial and, you know, that can be nice. Uh, but afterwards, if there's no difference yeah. in what's expected of him or his, you know, there should be an increase, I think, in freedom and responsibility. That's right. He, more should be expected, more should be given. Mm-hmm. Um, because rites of passage, I think, are real. For instance, I think a good one is uh, First Holy Communion. Right. Uh, there is your, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it's correct to say you're ontologically different afterwards, but, um, there is definitely a real change in what's expected of you and, and what you're given, right? right? You know, you're being given infinitely more than you had yeah. before. Yeah. So, uh, there should, without, I think without that, the rite of passage, I think it can kind of be watered down, fall and, flat yeah. or, or even create like a sense of, uh, like jadedness yeah. in a kid that that they might not be aware of, right? Like, oh yeah, all this stuff is just fake. Just, yes, you yeah. know, as they get older, and and it's just one more thing that that they're right. they're, they're given that's just kind of limp and it, it becomes falls flat. like work instead yeah. of uh, something to be proud of. And, and isn't that true with our faith, right? You know, we have all these beautiful rituals. We have all these, you know, standing, kneeling, standing, how we hold our hands. I, all yeah. of these things could just become just background and could just become that we're going through the motions. Right. And it's like, but as as men, we need to be super intentional that this is a moment of change for that boy mm-hmm. and your relationship with that boy. I mean, you know, Indian cultures, that the, the boy would be sent out and would no longer live with the mom, you know, would be sent away, right? And different cultures do this in different ways. But there's always this, I mean, if you look back, there's just this always sense that men need to go through this because women, it, it just becomes more natural. They're, they're kind of passage. But for men, we need to act. Men need to act in the lives of the boys in order to draw them out to be men. Masculinity is bestowed by masculinity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And in many ways, that rite of passage was, you know, almost a burden sometimes. Okay, for instance, in... I, you know, I think small communities, tribal communities, they ha- they really did rites of passage, I mean, pretty well. Yes. And it meant that once you did that and you became a man, uh, you had the right to speak, yes. you know, most of the time. You are considered an equal, you know, uh, in, in the community. But it also meant if we're attacked, if, you know, if we go to war, you also are going, you will be expected to go up against whoever the other adults are that come and attack us. Yes. So, like... You know, you got to be ready for that, and that's you right. might die in that's right. battle. Welcome to manhood. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's and and if you even just look at our, our Jewish uh, brothers, right, our elder brothers in faith, uh-huh. where they the bar mitzvah is now the boy is able to read Torah on his own, and, and the significance of that. So really, that, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's, a, there's a, I just I love uh, reading about kind of the Jewish history because it, it really mm-hmm. teaches me so much about oh, it's our that's own probably history. why we do this, you yeah. know. 
um, but they they have this they have to memorize it and then they're going to read it in public right so they're going to read torah in public and then they have the ability now to say the faith is your own it's no longer I am your parent teaching you about the faith. The faith is now your responsibility, mm-hmm. and I think that's that. Like so that. I'm trying to draw some of these things, both from you know, uh, you know, some good Catholic sources, Christian sources, but Jewish and other, like saying, okay, what does it look like? And the first time we did this, um, we made it a a a bar. Like, are you going to be? It's a pass fail. Are you going to be a man or not? You know. And we made my my uh, brother in laws and I kind of made this more of a challenge weekend where we put them through trust things, we put them through physical things, we put them out in the wilderness, you know, like we thought we were going to do all these things. And then we realized, you know, this is actually a beginning of a process rather than a pass-fail test. Uh But there needs to be physicality to it. And it does, as you said, it needs to be changing the way we relate to that young man, that we have expectations and there's something real. Like for us, uh, we did it at our our, our uh, my, my father-in-law's hunting cabin, and that was the point upon which, after they went through all of this, that they actually could come uh, hunting with the men now. Mm-hmm. So like, there's there's things like that change, that. Yeah. and then they're invited out, and then they help in the next. You know, so those young men help out on the next initiation. Ah, so now they're a part of key detail. Yeah, right they're, there. they're they're in the company of men, and so that what we what I I believe happens. Dads do this in general. Um, pass on an identity to our sons, right? So we pass on who they are. How? What's their place in this bigger story? We do that personally, but there's something powerful when we do it with men. And so we go through, again, uh, teaching them all these kind of skills, if you will, and then we show them what the habits of a real man, and there's physical exercise, there's mental thing, you know, we, we play poker, you know, t- teaching them things that are, are, are awesome, I think, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. being a man. Right. But then we also have time where we sit down one-on-one with the guys, and their uncles are passing on wisdom. And it's not intense, but it's usually sharing their story, sharing how they came to know the Lord, how they overcame, uh, you know, whether it be sin or other things in their lives. And oftentimes, these young men coming from great Catholic homes still struggle with things like pornography. or right. but, And it's like, but being honest and passing on that wisdom that this is the way forward, this is how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. They need to hear that. And then we end with a ceremony. And that ceremony now like isn't just fluff. It's like it's a culmination where we have them come up and present in front of the men and say they, they're presenting on a patron saint or some ish, but they need to be ready to answer questions in front of kind of the scrutiny, if you will, of men. I like that, yeah. And then there's an affirmation of other men saying, I recognize this. Before I thought of you as a boy, you, you're kind of sheepish, but this weekend I've seen you step up, having an affirmation that ends with us taking an oath, and we kind of call it our clan oath, you know, so that they take it and each man comes up to them and says, you know, brother to brother, you know, life mm. in, in, uh, in life and death through Jesus Christ, you know, so we have this kind of little oath that we have. And then there's a bestowing of a gift. And for us, it's usually a rifle, you know? And so up to that point, they had nothing that was their own. And now we give that to say that you are in a way like a weapon. You're dangerous, you're powerful, but you need to learn how to control your your power so that you can use it for good and mm-hmm. not evil, you know? And so there's this, and then the great, we have the, our grandfather prays over them, blesses them, kind of patriarchal blessing. And that kind of completes the ceremony, if you will. And it's, it's but it's a beautiful new entrance for these young men. 
So for you, does this mo- mostly take place within the family? Yeah, again, we're, we're blessed but to you have, have a large family. We have a right? large. My wife comes from a family of ten, um, and so I, I we have ten kids, but my wife comes from ten, so we've got a whole cadre, of, literally a clan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and so we're spreading out now, where we've got about sixty. I think it's fifty or sixty grandkids that are in the, the so far. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, and now we're starting the next generation with our grandkids. So d- have you found that it's important for you know if you have a young boy who's going to go through this that he has a peer to do it with him? So we, we've tried to do it so they're matched up, right? So that they, they may not be exactly the same um, age, but they're, and now for us, again, not everybody can have this, but but they're all cousins, right? You know, that are going through this. So we have found, because there's so many, like three will be going through it this summer. And we actually just had a, our conference call with all the men talking about uh, this weekend. I do think there's something powerful that it's not just one kid going right. through it. Uh, there is There are parts that need to be just for that boy mm-hmm. uh, that are that are intentional about him, mm-hmm. uh, but that if he's going through it together, so that if it, it's right. ideal that you have friends who's saying, we want this for our sons. And you make it your own. You know, like I, uh, one of my uh, brother-in-laws really liked the idea of create, uh, kind of conferring a new name, uh, you know, on the, you know, so you make it your own. You make this ceremony part, but it has to have meaning. It has to have substance behind it. Um, but if they're there together, they now created a, a, a new bond. And we say, you know, what happens at men's camp stays at men's camp. You know, this the entering in the company of men, you're not sharing this with your your mom or others in the in a, a good way, in a healthy way. Right. But that this is these are these are things that we do as men. And you know, it, it, that that's there's a bond that then forms those two uh, or three together in a way that they need each other. You mm-hmm. know, um, and we talked about friendships earlier, but mm-hmm. that's that's really uh, a crucial part of this whole passage. I think this is just so important for men, for boys, you know, boys becoming men, especially because boys to men. Boy, yeah, exactly. Well, R&B. young, could, young you, could you put a little music? Yeah. Young yeah. women have a natural uh, coming right. of age, you know, that's built into puberty. You know, it's that is it is un- natural and internal to them, right? And that is, just, you know, it's a very significant moment uh, that is like a. It's like a, a calling to womanhood. Yes. I mean, like yes. literally in their body. That's right. Um, men don't have that in the same way. So it's, I think, just so important. Uh, and uh, so this is a program that you're offering as like a, a skeleton or a, yes. like, so t- what, talk about that. Yeah, so I, I'm offering this course, right? And the course okay. does talk about the rites of passage, but it's, it's, it's heavily focused on forming the dad to walk their son through this journey. Okay. And so we do talk about rites of passage. We're going to talk about what it could be. And we talk, we have a whole like uh, plan of this is where your son's at, at these different developmental stages. This is what um, he's looking for. What's kind of the, the, the virtuous, um, uh, physical as well as spiritual development where he's at, as well as the role the dad plays. Mm-hmm. But each of these five lessons, we're going to go through, you know, what are the marks of a man? You know, so that dad can really own that. Because if you don't own your own story mm-hmm. and how you're investing in your son, you can only give what you uh, you have yourself. Right. Putting the oxygen mask on yourself, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go through that, and then we kind of end with this, this, this deeper sense that all of us need to be fathered by God. And that that at the end of the day, both as dads as well as for our sons, there is a gap in between what we can offer and what our sons need. And that gap is filled by God's grace and him fathering our sons. Isn't it amazing that we share a name with God, fathers, and he is God the Father? It's just... It can be overwhelming if you think about it too much. It's powerful, though. Where can they go to to look about the course? Yeah, MessyFamilyProject.org. All the information can be there. Cool. All right, well, we'll continue this conversation just a little bit. On the other side, if you're listening to the radio right now, check us out on the podcast, uh, CatholicManShow.com. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.
Gracias, Juan. One of the questions I had, Mike, was how important is it to structure uh, part of this rite of passage to give them a real opportunity to fail? Like, is it like, do you want to have it so strenuous that, like, listen, maybe you're going to fail at this, and how are you going to react to that? Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. there? Well, again, this is this a is good question. It is a great question, and and because men do fail, right? So, right. Um, there is something so powerful about um, earning your place and not being like as Catholics, as Christians, we have received so much by grace, mm-hmm. but it's not a cheap grace. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about this right. this idea of cheap grace, right? It, it, it comes with a cost. There's a price uh, attached to it, and so the, I think it's important that we as dads are really attuned to our sons, meaning are they ready? Are they ready for the task? And, and, it, and it comes through us. And this is where I think the rite of passage, the, the dads obviously play the, the crucial role. Is your son ready? It's not an age that, oh, they're ready. Right. It's, it's do they have in them the ability to go beyond their, their own abilities? Do they have a, a deep a timidness? Well, use activities that you as a dad are doing so as to draw that out so that you really set them up for success. Um, we, we I, I think I mentioned, uh, but we originally started this as a, a pass-fail like idea, right. and, and we wanted to make it serious, and we wanted to make it challenging. But then, as we've as we kind of gone through it with a couple boys, we realized the, the Indian culture would do that. Like, you would be banished. If you didn't come back and you, you accomplished the quest or whatever, you wouldn't be welcome back in the tribe. And I'm like, that doesn't feel like that's what God does with us, right? right? And we, as men need to recognize that we call our sons out. So we, we kind of decided that there was a point when, um, as men, they weren't ready. We just like, well, you know, it's okay. We'll, we'll have a part of things, but we're going to wait. We're going to wait a year, and they're going to come back, and we're going to kind of do some of the similar things, and we'll see where they're at. So there, there is a this balance. Again, we're, we haven't perfected it, so don't, don't say that it's gospel, right? But I, I do think that there is, you got to have a standard, and you can't just say, mm-hmm. oh, it's just wherever. You know what I mean? Like, you have to look and say, what are the marks? And this is where you, I mean, in a, in a certain way, we have the virtues. We have all, you know, we have beautiful sense of what it means to be a, a Christian man. But what are, what, are, what are the identifiers within your own son, within your own nephew or, or right. friend? You know, do they have it? And are they sufficient enough to say, yes, you're ready to be among our conversation? Because there, there were some young men who we brought through this process who were just kind of sitting back as wallflowers that weren't jumping in, that weren't engaging, that were just very passive, to be very honest. And and, mm-hmm. and I think a clear mark of a man is that you're you're beginning to be proactive, or you're, at least you're responsive. To, you're an initiator, exactly. And yeah. and if you don't have that that spirit within you, or that that's not being called forth, maybe you're just you lack some maturity in that area. And I think going back to the the idea of some some twenty somethings who are still wearing feety pajamas, you know, or onesies, you know. Uh, Again, minus your, your Christmas uh, ones, um, you know th- there is something that lacks in them of initiative, and that is one yeah. of the things that we need as a man. We can't have another man like Adam sit on the sidelines when the dragon is going after our wife. You know, mm-hmm. we need uh, men to have that initiative within them, and it's it's about calling them up to that rather than simply saying, "Okay, you didn't, you know, you're banished or something," which we wouldn't do, right? But we say this is a journey, and you're not right. done. But there are some marks that are saying, okay, yeah, this is where you want to be. This is where I aspire, and this is the vision I have for you, my son, and I'm going to help you get there. It's not right. going to be on your own. Yeah, and there's something that is just right about that uh, that seems to be the way God operates as well. That at some level, you have to earn the call. Yeah. Okay, God, you know, it's absolutely true that 
God doesn't call the qualified, you know, he, he sanctifies the called, right? But I can just, you know, think in my own life, there have been times where, okay, I made changes in my life where I dedicated myself more to prayer mm. or to whatever, and had these immediate things, changes, uh, gifts from God, where I, in reflecting, realized he was waiting for me. He was wanted these things for me, but yeah. he was waiting until I was ready. Yes. And it was when I chose to take, you know, a deeper, you know, to go further up and further in, as yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, C.S. Lewis would say, that that's when he said, okay, now I've, you've earned this call, you know, and not that, of course, I'm not saying that I earned it, you know, I'm not, no, no, I'm no, not yeah, a yeah. Pelagian. Heretic. Right. Heretic. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, there's something to that where, you know, like this, uh, this manhood that you, it's not something that you're just given. Like the love, right. like the love of when the of a child when they're born, yes. they didn't earn that love. That's exactly right. Okay, it's ju- it, and it's just so different. You know, you had to earn your wife's love. Yes, yes, you had to work at it, right? And yeah. if you didn't, then it wouldn't be as beautiful. You know, it wouldn't be as like this total gift. That's right. Uh, so much, uh, but so for these boys, that the fact that they earned it, yes. It matters. It does matter. And, and and it's like this deep sense. I mean, obviously not on the same level, but it's like you know that your wives love you, both physically and intellectually, emotionally. But that has been work, you know, to, mm-hmm. to have that. Your, your sons need to know that they have been pushed, they have been challenged, they have been tested, and they've been found worthy. Right. You know? I mean, if they don't know that in the deep core of their being, mm-hmm. then they will always be asking that question. I mean... Again, not that it, it will solve all your problems, but ultimately, when you look at things like pornography, when you look at you know the men who are going out, who are machismo, who are um, uh, pursuing many women and per, you know pursuing power, what are they? They're ultimately asking, "Am I a man? Am I good enough? Am right. I good enough?" Right? And so it's like, so you, we as dads, need to be in that place where we're saying, "This is the definition of a man," so that you can be. Not sufficient without God, but sufficient with God. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Meaning that there's no woman, there's no activity, there's no. You're not earning the respect of the world. You are who you are, and, and, and that's where that 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 quote that I, I talked about with with Juan. You know that the um, John Paul II talks about the uh, that every family has a dignity and, and uh, a responsibility, and it's really a summons. Uh, family become what you are. And that's true for us as men. It's like God is saying, you are made to be dads. All men are made to be dads. All boys are meant to become men. It's become who you are. It's mm-hmm. it, God has planted it in us, but it's like we are searching for in all the wrong places. And as a teenager, and that's why these rites of passage are in that teenage years, because developmentally, they are defining their new identity as an independent uh, individual. And that's a beautiful thing. That's why there's teenage rebellion, because they're trying to define who they are not just, and that's why other men are important, it's not just I'm a member of this family. That's mm-hmm. important, but who am I in the world? Who am I to my friends? Who am I in the world out there? And dad, more than mom, signifies the the world outside, but even more, other men. Mm-hmm. And they can say, that's why I'm helping define, you're helping yeah. shape that worldview for them mm-hmm. at that at those rites of passage that they're like, no, these are the men that I want you to trust. These are the men yeah. that I want you to follow in their footsteps and they're fun, and they're awesome, and they're adventurous, and they're manly men who are great examples for you. And they, they will show you the way. That's right. Yeah, so like compare 
the love of your your wife versus the love of your mother. You mm. you like you said you know your wife loves you. You also know your mother loves That's you. That's right. The difference is that your wife needs you, mm-hmm. and your mother mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so this whole thing, you know, life in general teaches us to make this total gift of self. You know, we're learning to give of ourselves. Um, and a man needs, especially a man, needs to be needs to know how to do that because he yes. is the, as we said, the initiator. And that's so important because it's all a preparation for heaven mm-hmm. where, I mean, that's how you love is you in heaven. It's just total gift of self, right? Mm-hmm, to God, mm-hmm. to everyone is, I mean, it's just this communion of love. Amen. Okay. Amen. And so like, that's what we're preparing for. If a man doesn't know that he's worthy of giving himself, you know, that, I mean, that's what we're trying to do here is teach, teach men, young boys that you, you're awesome. That's right. Um, you're strong and like, you're a Catholic warrior and we, and people need you. We need you. Yeah. And there are specific people in this world who will need you, and you have to get into the breach. Yeah, 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 exactly. Ready to give yourself. That's right. Into the breach. Great, great document from Bishop Olmsted. I mentioned you guys have talked about. Yeah, that's awesome. That is great stuff. I have a question on uh, the intellectual rite of passage. Yeah, because we've talked about you know the physical, some of the physical stuff: hunting, camping, starting fires, hiking, fishing. You know all those things. Those, at least for me, come naturally. It's like I can. I can I can do those. I may not understand like what, and I know each kid probably is different. Um, right. But what does the intellectual rite of passage look mm-hmm. like? Yeah, so so there are every kid is different, and I, I do think that in general, men. I mean, it's physiologically, we are less verbal than women, mm-hmm. and it's just just in case you didn't know that. Anna Faustina uh, definitely proved that. When, when he came the, she's like, look at this, and here's my dress, and here's my picture, and this is the crayons. Look what I did yesterday, and like she was just like. Wearing you out. I was actually, out. I used up all my words right there. I just I had nothing <laughs> yeah. left, you know. No, but 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 I so I do think it's heavily physical. So I don't want to dismiss by any means, but it is body, mind, and spirit. And so um, so we do like there's um, actually in the dangerous book for boys. There's poems that that boys should uh, memorize, right? Mm-hmm. There are something seven or nine poems every boy should know. But we do want them to to go deep into that because in uh, again for me I'm, I'm Irish, so I go into this. There there is this idea of the uh, the poet a warrior, you know, in in Ireland, and so they they and I think actually in, in kind of chivalry in general. There's this this understanding that there is this uh, this notion of kind of literature or poetry, uh, as well as the strength of a uh, of a knight and a warrior. And so I, we we try to tie that in, and then we also give them books. So uh, I, I should have mentioned this. One of my favorites is Horatio Hornblower. Have you ever heard of this? I've heard of it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, there, there's a B, there's a BBC uh, TV version of it. Great books that that talk about the the uh, this young man. Kind of coming of age in the uh, the British Navy, anyway. But it, it's okay. this great story of, of passage. But anyway, but I think those stories, like getting the intellectual imagination as well as filling them, um, you know, with 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 a heart of, of a a warrior, if you will, that they're ready to step up. But then there's also just the kind of um, uh, intellectual preparation as what does it mean in um, in their formation. So I often send them uh, to just different uh, you know youth conferences or other things from a spiritual side. But the whole kind of going deeper on the intellectual life, I'm not sure if, if that answers some of your question, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think there is something there, but I think for boys it's much more, I think, more physical than kind of a, a mere intellectual exercise. But I'm not sure if, if that answers no, no, your... No, no, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that if a, if, a, if a man doesn't 
appreciate poetry. Have or really, what I, I think is a better way to say it is have a deep appreciation for beauty. Yes. Um, when he's seeking a spouse, he won't know. Yeah. To find the beauty of a soul, right? Mm. Okay, it's um, a boy does not need to be taught to find a good-looking woman. Okay, that's right. that's right. That we don't need to worry about teaching that. Uh, <laughs> but there's more to a woman, right, than her exterior beauty. Yes. Um, obviously, I mean yes. that goes without saying. And so, if, if a boy doesn't know to appreciate beauty, yeah, then I don't think that he'll know how to how to find and how to love a woman. Because you can you can find you know marry the best looking woman you can find, but that might not be the best approach yes. to finding a spouse. That's for right, marriage. holy spouse. Right, exactly. And, and and even more than just the the spouse, which is obviously, but it, it's it's understanding beauty, you know, truth, goodness, yeah. and beauty. It's like by by seeing a woman, by understanding both the physical as well as the internal, you're you're scratching at who God is. Right. Mm-hmm. There's there's a longing for us, and even in our 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 relationships. You know, it's it's all of our, particularly our sons, need to know what that true beauty is, what that looks like, and they'll see it from the way we treat our wives. Because mm-hmm. if you want to be a great dad, you need to be an amazing husband first. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need to see tangible examples of how we treat and how we are drawn to beauty, mm-hmm. and we need to lead them in that by you know poetry and other things. I think that's that's there is something really, um, again, countercultural and in, in, in a lot, but it is filling their mind with things that are good, pure, and true. Um, but I wanted to dive in a little bit more into Am's question uh, and and this recognition of, of beauty without knowing absolute truths. Mm-hmm. So as, mar- as far as like philosophically and theologically, what would be some expectations for you to say, you need to have at least these types of concepts down so that once you have the concept and you have a, an absolute truth, you can compare it to that. So philosophically and theologically, what would be some of the minimum expectations you would see in this? Prerequisites? Yes. Yeah. So, so you're talking about, just to make sure I understand you, one, uh, that you're talking about just the, the uh, intellectual preparation, if you will. Yes. For, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, because this is, this is what you have to do. I mean, you have to uh, steep your son in, I think, good literature, but also philosophical conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of our kids go through debate. And so we don't we do some of it within our home, but I am... I am, uh, I am Part of my brand is not being intellectual. Uh, that's part of who I am. Me too. You know, I just say I, like, it, I, I, I own that. I, I know a lot of smart <laughs> people, and I like to hang around with them, and I pick up osmosis, you know. Um, but I, I think it's 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 both in conversation, um, and so around our dinner table, we'll try to have one conversation. It doesn't always happen, but try to have conversations that bring um, the the truth in light of um, kind of relevant world experience. So there's stuff stuff going on uh, at school, stuff going on in the world that we try to to bring that in. Um, but I don't do, you know, Juan, you talked about the uh, how you have some teaching times uh, that you do with your kids, which is phenomenal, you know, to be able to have that, whether it be at, at the dinner, team, dinner table, I think is a great time to have many teachings. But again, thinking of boys, we can't have lectures. I, I just, I don't find that to be fruitful. I remember I, I took my son um, skiing. And we, we, you know, first time out, you know, again, this is part of this kind of uh, preparation time, if you will, both bonding with him, but also kind of just bringing him into some new experiences. Um, and, and I felt like we skied all day and it earned me, you know, 20 minutes to really speak into his heart about what it means to be a man. And I feel like that is the, um, uh, again, every, every individual dad 
needs to lean into what they have. You know, you, maybe outdoors comes natural to you. Maybe the intellectual life. Maybe you're more philosophical, theological. Lean into that because that's how you have been gifted. I have, you know, a little bit of theological background, um, but it, I, I put it in the context of our everyday applications in the world. Mm. And I think that as dads, we need to uh, know what our own genius is. You know, it's not it's it's our expertise, it's our skills, it's our talents, our experience, our academic, um, our, our physical, and just recognizing our kids need all of that. And how we dad, how we train and form our kids and our particularly our sons is going to be different. And be okay with that. And that your your sons may have some similar loves and have some other things that are like no that's not that's not what we do, and so I yeah so I I don't I don't know if I'm I'm going to give you a depth uh, that Juan's looking for I don't have oh you got to go through the you know the uh, Plato's uh, laws you have to, you don't have to go through uh, you know certain Aquinas things which again I know you guys love mm-hmm. Aquinas but it's it's I think that there's got to be a foundation of what truth is and then using every occasion. Uh, to integrate it. There was this study that Notre Dame, uh, the Institute of, and the McGrath Institute did, I think they released it last summer, about the generational passing on of the faith. And uh, they, they talked about one of the key moments uh, for the families that actually passed the faith on, the, the, what, are the, what are the characteristics, was that they had regular uh, engaging conversation of how do I engage the world as a Catholic? How, do I, how does my faith hmm. engage with the, the wider world? That, that the faith wasn't just an abstraction, it wasn't just something we did on Sunday, which right. we know that that's not sufficient, but it was having the conversations, because word and deed, you know, we need to be able to have the deeds that, that, that witness the faith, that create the habits in our kids, but we need the words to couple with it so that they can see, yes, this is how we do this. How do we draw our faith into action? You know, recognizing the spiritual warfare that we're in, recognizing that our, our faith and values are, uh, um, you know, sometimes on trial in the public square. How do we engage? How do we evaluate? And how do we look at the world? So I, I think that, that that is the kind of foundation uh, that we, uh, we as men particularly need to lead and form our kids in. Beautiful. One once more, but I, I you know. Uh, the the only other qu- I mean, so we kind of hit physical, we've hit the intellectual, and you've kind of, you kind of touched on the spiritual aspect. Yes. Um, some dads like new name or, or yeah, a new yeah, yeah, pa- yeah. patron saint that they they're going right. to uphold. Uh, Which it, fit, fits in nicely with a confirmation saint, right? You know, depending on what your diocese is doing age wise. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, do you do you also have and you you talked about even prayer throughout the the. Um, rite of passage or, or weekend, if you will. Yeah. Uh, is there something else like you, you make sure to instill in them, like as far as in the spiritual life? Yeah, so uh, we do. I, I remember I've done different things. And so I've, um, I, I one again, I've done a little, we say we're the most consistent, inconsistent people out there. We've done a little <laughs> bit of everything, okay? Sure. So, I mean, that's what you have to do to figure out what works. You figure out what works, and, and what works for you as well as for your son. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so spiritually, yeah. we've I've, I've made it a, a point to give them a prayer journal. Um, so at this point in their lives, I want them to have a personal prayer time so that they are reading scripture. Um, and again, we do that with the little kids, uh, but it Sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but really, when they come to this age, this is where I do have that conversation about what our Jewish, uh, you know, uh, our Jewish brethren, uh, you know, talk about that this is a time where you step in and you begin owning your faith now in a new way, and um, and so that prayer journal, and then again in the beginning we try to get them into that habit, and then I teach them how I pray. You know, I do a little Lexio Divina every day, and I just walk that through with them so that mm-hmm. they're now trained in, in doing that on their own. Um, we also, uh, again, uh, like my one son, you guys are uh, 
uh, Thomas Aquinas, we were, he's, you know, my one son's really into Ignatian, Ignatian uh, exercises. So we go through different things depending mm-hmm. on the kid. Uh, so that's going to draw them in. Because I feel like the beauty of the Catholic Church is that we have something for everybody. You yeah. know, you, you might have a more a Benedictine, the, 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 or at Labrora. You know, you, you've got, you know, we have so many different, both intellectual and spiritual pursuits within the church that right. we can find something for to draw our for kids. For every out. temperament. It's exactly. A, it's a robust platform. <laughs> and, and Actually, speaking of that, we do try to uh, do some little assessments with our kids, you know, mm-hmm. like temperaments, and just thinking through so that they can own how they approach the world, because that approaches how they they develop virtue and ver- and the vices that are going to be more uh, a challenge for them. Right. And uh, so we try to create that that idea that they are now in charge of having their own personal prayer time, and that they not only are going to to mass and and praying the rosary, or we do night prayer a lot as a family, um, but now you have your own time. Uh, that you are spending with the Lord. And then we invest and say every year you should be going on a retreat. And so oftentimes we'll find a, you know, a, either a youth conference or a, uh, a kind of a Catholic camp uh, that we send them that they are now, this is a habit. These are the habits you have. Mm-hmm. In addition to, again, as a family, we always go to confession, you know, those sorts of things that are right. already there. But now this is how they're owning that. And again, different people have done, um, you know, we, we did uh, the consecration 33 days, uh, you know, uh, morning glory, morning glory, right. Um, with our sons, which I think is just you know getting them in touch with who Our Lady is and how that uh, that that not just as a devotion but a way of life uh, lives out for them. What role does uh, the mom play in all of this? So this is probably crucial, and Alicia would be better at answering this. But I I've witnessed her, and she's a rock star. She's amazing, um, and she loves boys. And uh, but there are many moms that we've talked to who are just want to protect their their sons. I mean, their knee-jerk reaction is is safety and avoidance of risk. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was there was this moment where um, you know, our oldest uh, son is is out climbing in a tree and he is like, you know, 30 feet in the air and and she's having heart palpitations. She's like, you know, really, and then and then she like I I just can't look. I just can't look. And then he says, "Ah, mom, help." And and then and she like she's like she's starting to like just get flushed. She rushes over and is like ha ha ha, just got you, you know. And uh, she chops the tree down. Exactly. <laughs> she started throwing things at him, you know. And and, and so it's like, I I think the the moms need to recognize that um, they will always need their mom. They will never not need their mom. Uh-huh. And um, but the mom needs to let go. Uh, again, depending on what kind of disposition you have, in general, women want to protect mm-hmm. and they want to keep their boys safe. And there's a good balance in that. You know, there are some dads who maybe are a little too wild or, or allow uh, too much, but they do need to begin to both let go and, and begin establishing a new relationship. Um, uh, women, uh, um, my wife would put it this way um, that um, boys, particularly, um, shut down when there's an emotional response from from her as a mom, and so uh, as moms, they need to understand there there is a there's still a powerful role that you have in your son's life, but it has changed, and and particularly mm-hmm. after that rite of passage, that's the mark that we use as a time to say, okay, there's a beginning of a difference that you need to uh, take in and say, I'm talking to him differently. I expect differently uh, of him, uh, but I'm also not just holding him back. I'm kind of letting, the, the mom is letting him go. And and that's hard for a lot of moms. I'm sure that's a challenge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even I was just thinking like for myself, even as a dad, I have to change as well. That's right. You that's know, a big it, difference. It would, and have a switch uh, that, that changes. And especially, you know, 
So as a as husband and wife, you have to be on the same page here and understanding before this happens. Right. Hey, listen, when he comes back, we have to we have to be together on this and and treat him differently. That's right. That's why it's important for men to be strong, competent men mm-hmm. so that our wives are feel feel Trust. comfortable because yeah, it's like they I think have a natural tendency like that they themselves need to be protected. That's right. And these are their children. So it's like you need to protect me by guarding my child. And so if if we are strong, competent men and our wives know that, you know, then they're going to be more comfortable with these kinds of transitions. That's a great point because you really and trust is earned, right? You know, your Mm -hmm. wives are going to look at us and say, are they listening to me? Are they taking right. in what I'm saying? Because she has just as much insight as we do into mm-hmm. the raising of our children, obviously, but there is fatherly intuition. There are things that we, uh, kids don't need to be mothered and they don't need to be fathered. They you know, they need both of them together. They, every child deserves that. Mm-hmm. And there's this this beautiful, not it's not a tension, but there's this beautiful dance, this dynamic of complementarity, right? But at this point, I, I would say that the moms are heavily, you know, soft, comfortable, safe, um, who do you right. go to? I mean, I, I don't know if you how, what your relationship is like with your mom, but my, you know, like we talked about earlier, my mom is always going to love me and always think that I'm the best and does every, and it's like, and that's true, I am, but um, it's also that a place where you want to be <laughs> right. challenged, right? You know, and so, so you, your, 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 your wife needs to always be in that place that she is the 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 safe place, she is the comforter, and 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 our kids need to know that, but they also now are beginning this movement internally that we have to draw out as men, that they're going to be a little bit more dangerous. They're going to be entering into a little bit more adventurous time. And for for moms, that can be a hard transition. And for us as dads to know one, like you said, we have to earn and and, and kind of build up their confidence in our ability uh, to father them. Mm-hmm. But we also need to step up because I feel like that was, I actually went back and I, I'm a big journal journaler. General yeah. yeah. words are yeah. hard. We, we yeah. yes. Sorry, let me take it. That's another. part. That's what part is, of what's a, in this. <laughs> part. That's a, our shtick. Is yeah, words a, are hard. We struggle. But no we're men. We're here. Right. right. Here but go. but I'm a journal. Journal. I I journal. And, journaler. Um, <laughs> a journaler. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What he said. But yeah. And, that one. Uh, I looked back and I actually uh, I, I had kind of a prayer that I said, you know, Lord, this is uh, this is when um, I could easily check out. Things are actually getting. The, the, the stakes are up. I'm on the spotlights in a way on a dad when your son's at that point. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. again, not that you don't always play a crucial role, but I feel like now in that that early preteen years, it's like, okay, you you can't screw this up. And I, I felt like saying, Lord, I'm not sure I've, I, I remember saying, I wrote this, I'm not sure I have what it takes. You know, and that's the question that we need to all say. It's like, this is when many dads check out because it, the stakes are, are higher, and it's it's it, real. Yeah, and there is no safety net. You. you know, right. it requires from you. It's more sacrifice. I mean, right. up until that point, you know, kind of to the protect and serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like I can do that. I I can protect my family against at least physical and then spiritual foes, right? But then it's like okay, and I, I because can provide they're kind for of them. a unit. Yeah. it's like you protect them all at the like they're all just here in the home together. I protect the house, and That's so right. like. You know the family, but now as they start to go out, it's like I have to protect the family and yeah. this boy yeah. who's kind of in this process of venturing out of the family, correct? Right? The establishing part, and, exactly. Yeah. And one of the ways you protect him is by not keeping him in the family. That's you right. You have or to let in the him. House. That's right. That, that's what. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to let him move. I mean, otherwise, 
you're not you're not protecting him. You're actually weakening him. And, and the analogy that, that I often use is like just think about swimming, right? Um, early days, you're, you're holding that kid close. You want you, you, they're going to drown. You know, I, right. I had a three year old dove in the pool. I mean, it was just like you know, as a, as a father, as a as a mother, you want to always protect, and you need to. Right. But you've got to move from that protecting their innocence to building Christian maturity. And that's when you want your kids to learn how to swim on their own. And they're out now, not just in a pool, but they're out in the ocean. And they've got power, and they've got strength, and they've got skill, and you've got trust in them mm-hmm. so that they can really um, you know, be living their life according right. to God's design. Uh, and that's a hard thing. Uh, my wife, uh, I, somebody else wrote this, but you know that that a uh, the raising of a son is like the longest breakup of their lives because they have this deep love for their their son, but then there's this they're separating. There's a natural separation, and then it obviously uh, concludes is the wrong word, but it but it kind of culminates in their marriage. You know, now your right. son uh, has passed on. I mean, and that's that. Those are those moments where you look at and say, um, you know, this is my son, and and I am well pleased as his dad. He needs to hear those words from us, that he mm-hmm. is a beloved son, and that we confer that deep sense of identity, but we also send forth, we commission. You, we're all commissioned by the Father, you mm-hmm. know? And we need to step in that kind of in a, in a humble uh, stewardship sort of way, but in an, in an awesome way, representing God, that we're commissioning our, our sons to go out, because they have, uh, you know, an adventure to lead, uh, this is John Eldridge, an adventure to lead, uh, a battle to fight, and a beauty to rescue, you know? And, the, and the, 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 there's a longing in a man's heart, and it's beginning in that time for boys. Beautiful. I don't know if we could go out any better than that. So, Mike, thanks for being here. Yeah, it was, this, this is awesome. awesome. This is really great. Fun. You guys are doing a great work, and I love being here. And next time we got to drink more. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. <laughs>